0: I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. We're continuing today uh, on the subject that Pastor started last week. It's time to dream again. And um, Pastor and I were talking, uh, I don't know what day it was, Monday, I believe, and um, just talking about some things that were on my heart. And, um, And so Tuesday, he asked if I'd like to speak this morning, and I'm never going to turn that down because I like to talk. And um, so, but I believe that we have some really good stuff uh, today from the Word of God to bring to you. And so I want to start with prayer, and then uh, then I want to jump right in today. Father God, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you that your love doesn't fail us. We thank you that... You've given us everything that we need that pertains to life and to godliness. And so we ask you today that as we open up your word that you reveal truth to us. God, that you reveal yourself through your Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. God, I ask today that the words I speak not be my words, but be your words. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Allow me to get a drink here. Real fast <clears throat> when I sing and then yell, it doesn't work real well, and we're probably going to yell some more. So, here we go. You know, I, I believe that during this season, um, I just saw somebody yesterday at the grocery store, and um, this person and I we, we disagree on a whole lot of things. And um, I he asked how I was doing, and I said, I, I'm doing well, how about you? And he goes, just hanging in there. I said, you know. I wish, and I said this on purpose to this gentleman because like I said, we disagree on a whole lot of things, but we're friends. And I said, you know, I I I just wish that we could get past this fact that we feel like we have to hate each other all the time and we could just be kind to one another. You know? And um, and he said, you know, I believe the same thing. And I think it's a it's a beautiful thing whenever we can come together as human beings. And and just be Christ-like to one another. We don't feel like we have to make a point all the time. We don't feel like we have to point out our differences. We can just love, you know? Um, the, the thing is that during this time, um, I believe, and, and I don't wanna make any mistake about it. I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying at all. I believe that COVID-19 is an attack from the pit of hell. I believe that it's an attack not only on our bodies, but I believe it's an attack on our spirit. I believe COVID-19 is an attack on our society, on our community, on our church. I believe that COVID-19 is coming for us and has come for us. And the enemy set back just like he did whenever he crucified Jesus. And he said, you know what, I'm going to bring this against him and it's going to break him. But how many know that whenever he crucified Jesus, on the third day he rose again? Amen? Amen. Praise God. And today I can stand knowing that I'm delivered because Jesus rose again. Amen? And so I know that whenever it is that we come out of COVID-19, that we come out better, that we come out ahead because my God is for me and he's not against me. One of the things that has happened, I believe, during this time to the church is that we've stopped dreaming. And by the church, I mean the individuals that are sitting in the pews, the people that make up the entity or the body of Christ, the the entity of the church. I believe that there's so many people, even before COVID, you stopped dreaming. There were circumstances that have come up in your life, and it's caused you to abandon those things that you once thought were going to be your future, and you've given up on them, and now that we're in the middle of this, you say, well, I don't even know what the future's going to look like. Well, now we've got a new normal. We've used that phrase so much. We've got, we've got a new normal. We've got this new idea, new way of doing things. Well, I resist the fact that a new normal means that I can't be as bold. I resist the fact that a new normal means that I have to, to, to do things where I can't assemble and gather together and where the church is diminished. I refuse to believe that. But I do believe this, that if we want to talk about a new normal, I think we've gotten complacent in a lot of things. And my new normal is that I'm not complacent anymore, but I will not take for granted the freedom that I have in Christ. I will not take for granted the fact that I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to wear it on my sleeve. Maybe there is a new normal, but that new normal means that the church Rises up and takes its place. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe it's time to dream again. I believe, people of God, it's time to dream. I believe that God is drawing and He's calling people, He's pulling people to His side, He's drawing us. Now, there are some that will be left behind, there are some that won't catch the vision. And I think that every single one of us that are in here, we have to make that decision. Am I going to be one that catches it, or am I going to be one that doesn't? Am I going to be one that rises up, or am I going to be one that settles for the status quo? I'm here to tell you that God is turning virus into revival. And even though maybe we don't see what's going on all the time, God is stirring His people, and it's time to dream it's time to dream. We live in this culture and that uh, of things that are canceled. And I was thinking back this weekend, uh, I was thinking about all the things, right? It started for us um, really, well, I'm a huge baseball fan, huge, huge baseball fan. And I remember that that we were we were playing worship on a Wednesday night, and after worship ended, Tiffany said. They just canceled the nba season and i'm like what yeah because of covid oh my gosh are you serious and so then i go home and i see that baseball now is they're pushing back opening day well it was two weeks and then it became four months right and now we don't even know what's going to happen because we're having outbreaks among teams and and NBA is back on now, but was down for four months, and hockey was canceled. And then we start having things that I'm involved in in the community. Um, one of the big things that I've been involved in since it's uh, inception is Cavern Fest. I know a lot of you have gone to Cavern Fest over the last four years, and we had to have the discussion what are we going to do about Cavern Fest? And we took it right up to the wire, and we're saying, okay, can we have Cavern Fest? Can we not have Cavern Fest? And then we had to do a video and say, all right, well, we. We hate to say it, but Cavern Fest is going to be canceled this year, and then we started hearing things like the Balloon Fiesta in Albuquerque is canceled, and the, the fair, uh, the state fair is canceled, and the county fair is canceled, and this is canceled, and that was canceled. Tiffany and I were supposed to go to a concert um, that... Got canceled, and we were supposed to go on a family vacation to Hawaii, and it was canceled, and all of these things, right? And you've had it happen in your life. This is canceled, and that's canceled. And, and we've even coined this phrase cancel culture in regards to, uh, to civil rights. We've coined this phrase, cancel culture, and so if somebody has done something in their, in their past that maybe they shouldn't have, or they've they've been insensitive or, or flat out racist in their past, then, then it's cancel culture, right? And we say, well, this person needs to be off the air, and that person needs to be off the air, and we don't wanna buy this product, and we don't wanna buy that product, and, We have this whole idea of cancel. Well, I'm here to tell you today that there's one thing that's not canceled. Your dreams are not canceled. The purposes and plans that God has placed in your heart are not canceled. And I don't care if it's COVID-19. I don't care if it's the next thing. I don't care what it is that the enemy brings against us. The purposes and the plans that God has placed in your heart are without reproach. And the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. God will bring to pass the things that he's placed in your heart. It's not canceled. My dreams are not canceled. So I want you to say that with me today. My dreams are not canceled. Say it. Say it again. My dreams are not canceled. Vision is so important to us. Vision is so important. I had somebody tell me one time um, that every time I speak, I remind them of purpose and vision. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, man, do I preach on the same thing all the time? Maybe I do. I don't know. But, uh, but I, I can tell you this, that I go back to vision. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like an anchor for me. I go back to this subject of vision because I believe this, vision will save your life. I'm convinced of the fact vision will save your life. We're releasing a series of videos tomorrow morning Um, On our website, on Tiffany and my website um, Which is whosaid53.com And so if you don't know that website, write it down whosaid53.com You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram Um, But we're talking in that series about vision And what you do when, when crisis comes When crisis is at your doorstep Your vision will save your life What did God say to you? And that thing that God said to you is going to be carried out. He's going to ensure that those plans and those purposes are carried out. So don't lose heart. Don't lose focus. You know, the thing about it is we go through life and we think that life is about finding ourselves. We're growing up and, and well, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find my place. And sometimes when just something happens in life and it knocks us down, we say, I'm going to take a step back and I just need to find myself. I'm going to tell you this today, that life is not about finding yourself. Life is about finding your purpose. Life is about following your God-given direction. See, God has already given you a purpose. He's already given you a direction. And the scripture tells us that he who tries to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. If you want to find yourself, say, God, what do I do? Take these hands, take these feet, use this voice for your purpose, for your plans today, for something bigger than me. And I've got to start somewhere. We have this idea in our mind, and I don't know where this came from, but that we have to get all our ducks in a row in order for us to go on and to accomplish anything. Well, I have to get myself right first. Well, I have to, Michelle, will you put this up on the screen? I want you to write this down. Your dreams will never be your future until you make it your present. Your dreams will never be your future until you make it your present. What do I mean by that? I mean the things that God has placed in your life, the purposes and plans, the things that you've dreamed of, just start. How do I start? Well, the first place to start is say, I've got two hands, I've got two feet, and I've got a voice. What can I do for the kingdom of God? I'm gonna get myself involved somewhere. We've got too many Christians that are very comfortable sitting in the chair or on your couch online and not willing to step out and to say, use my hands, use my feet, use my voice for your purposes. But until your dreams become your present, they will never be your future. You'll never step into it unless you get up out of the chair and start doing something. We've got to start working towards something. We've got to say, God, here it is. Too many times we say, well, I've got all this stuff going on. Well, I've got all this stuff. Well, I can't really make it because I've got all this stuff going on. You need to set aside your stuff and say, I need some Jesus. And I'm going to be willing to just go where you send me and do what you ask me to do. Luke chapter 8 I don't want to read this part. I'm sorry. Psalm chapter 37 verse 23. It says, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That needs to be your rallying cry. As I go out and I say, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know the direction to go. I need to pause and I need to say, no, my steps are ordered of the Lord. That's what the scripture says. So God, you know my steps. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Here I go. You know my steps. Too many times we give up on our dream because we don't know our direction. Too many times we give up on our dream because we think the opportunity has passed. Too many times we give up on our dream because of mistakes we've made in our past. Can somebody say I've made some mistakes in my past? Let me see your hand. Who's made some mistakes in your past? Now, keep them up. I want you to look around. Okay. So you're in good company, right? Now, if we're watching online and there's thousands of people there, every one of them could have raised their hand too. Thousands and thousands of people joining together today, and we're all in the same boat. We've all done a lot of dumb stuff. And if we were to open up the mic and say, what's the dumbest thing you ever did? then I'm telling you what, there will be some stories in this place, right? We all have done, and sometimes we look at it and we say, you know what, I had this dream, but I can't accomplish this dream anymore because of the things that I've done in my past, they're just, they're, they're, it's just too much. I've, that ship has sailed for me. I wanna show you something here in Isaiah chapter 61, starting in verse one. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to those that are bound, to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might become trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Look at this, verse 4. A lot of times, if you've heard that verse in church, we stop at verse 3. And that's awesome because the first three verses are so powerful. I could preach a nine-part series on verses 1, 2, and 3. Just amazing stuff. But look at verse 4. And they shall rebuild. Who is they in this verse? The ones that have been set free, right? So the first three verses are prophesying of Jesus and what he has done for us. And then verse 4, it says, And they, the one that he gave beauty to in place of ashes, the one that he gave joy to in place of mourning, the ones that he gave praises to instead of heaviness, the ones that have been set free, these are the ones that will rebuild old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations and they will repair waste cities. The desolation of many generations. So I ask God, what do those three things mean? Why did you say those three things? Because I don't think there's wasted words in the Bible. We say a lot of wasted things. God doesn't say wasted things. So what do those three things mean? He says that he'll rebuild old ruins. He'll raise up former desolations and repair waste Cities Number one, and you can write these down too and put it in, if you're watching online, you can put it in the chat or whatever. I want you to put this down where you remember it. When he says, I'm going to rebuild the old ruins, he's saying, I'm going to rebuild the things that have decayed over time. Maybe you had a dream in your heart that you had never moved on and it's just kind of decayed over time. He says that you're going to rebuild those things because I've set you free, because I give you beauty instead of ashes, because I've given you joy instead of mourning, because I've given you praises instead of heaviness. And so you can rebuild the things that have decayed over time. Desolations, meaning the things that you have wasted. Can anybody say I have some things in my life that I've wasted, opportunities that I've wasted, relationships that I didn't think were important, but I've wasted it. I didn't place a value on it, and because of that, I don't have that anymore. I've wasted it. The other day, I opened up the refrigerator at my house, and I see a a half a gallon of milk, and it's about half gone and uh, I look at the date on it and it's like four days out of date and I'm like okay we don't drink milk fast at our house so that's not necessarily uncommon so I pull out that milk and I go to dump it in the in the sink and I see behind it is a gallon of milk that has not been opened that is a later date than the one that I just dumped out that was half gone so we bought the gallon first can anybody relate we bought the gallon first, and then we put the half gallon in front of it, and we drank half the half gallon, and then we dumped out a gallon and a half of milk, right? Things that are wasted. I'm never going to get that milk back, ever, or the $37 it costs. I don't know. Milk keeps going up, right? I have no idea. We're never going to get that back. We wasted that. But with God, he said, I'm going to take the things that you wasted, and I'm going to rebuild them, amen? Amen? I'm going to take that milk and I'm going to make it good again. Maybe he turns the milk into wine. I don't know. Amen. Praise God. He said I'm going to take those things that you wasted and I'm going to rebuild them. And then he says, "The waste cities, I love this one. The things that the heat has dried and cracked." I love that. Why? Because sometimes you get in the middle of something and the heat comes and you start to feel it and you become withered and dried and cracked and broken and brittle. Your emotions are shot. You're beat down spiritually. You feel like you're burned out and you just can't go on. He said, no, I'm going to energize those things that have been dried and cracked in your life. I'm going to allow you to rebuild those things. Why? Because my spirit is on you. And I took all that heaviness and I replaced it with praise. I took all of that mourning and I replaced it with joy. I took all of those things and I replaced it with my goodness. And I put my spirit in you. So don't give up on that dream because it's on the inside of you, and I'm rebuilding those things in your heart. Hallelujah. I'm rebuilding those things. God is rebuilding the dreams in your heart. So many of us. Did you see that? I have no idea what happened there. I kicked that, and it, like, bounced right back at me. Holy Spirit's playing soccer with me today, I guess. So many of these things, we fail to start our dreams, we fail to start because of a lack of confidence. Sometimes we're afraid to fail. Sometimes we're afraid that we're not enough. Sometimes we're afraid that we'll give up and we'll hurt someone in the process. Oh, I never carry anything out. Maybe we're afraid of what we might lose when we do this, or maybe we're afraid of who we might hurt because of tendencies that have existed in our past. But we fail to realize this, that if we are in Christ, the old is gone and everything is new. And so those things who you were in a former life, those mistakes that you've made in your past have all been cast away and everything is new today. So I stand today in the mercy of God. I stand today in the grace of God. We need to understand that our strength, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. We need to begin to understand that when we try to save our life, we lose it. But if when we lose our life for Christ's sake, we find it, we find freedom, we find success and purpose, we find the things that we desire. And we find that our desires change to begin to line up with his desires. Someone said to me, well, do you really think that God will give you the desires of your heart? Well, I mean, the Bible says it. So yeah, I do. I, I really believe that. Well, you think that that God's just like a bank where you just, you know, go and write a check for whatever you want and it's covered and He just takes care of you. No, I believe this, that as my desires are His desires, that as my desires line up with Him, that as I begin to change my heart to say, God, not my will, but God, Your will be done, then I can easily say The desires of my heart are given to me because my number one desire right now is the same as God's number one desire, and that's people. However I can reach people, however I can say, can I help you today? Can I show you the goodness of my God? Can I show you that God is madly in love with you? See, I've been transformed, and if I've been transformed, I want you to be transformed because I care about you, because I love you. That's the desire of my heart. It's so shallow to think that the desire of our heart would only be like a bigger house or, or a nicer car or, or this or that and fill in the blank. But I'm also here to tell you this, that as I'm a conduit for the goodness of God, the blessings come to my personal life as well. As I'm a conduit for the goodness of God, but I recognize that anything I have is His. And if he were to say, you know what, give it away, it doesn't mean anything to me anyway. Just do it. And that's where your freedom lies. Because it's not in your stuff. It's in his goodness. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I want to read this passage to you. And it's going to set up how we're going to end today. Now, I don't want you to get too excited because uh, thinking we're going to end early. I would say get to the restaurant early, but there's no restaurants open, so we may as well just order some DoorDash and hang out, right? If I see the DoorDash guy come in, we'll all tip him real good, all right? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. This is out of the Message Bible, and I'm gonna put it on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to conclusions that God isn't on the job. I don't think I put part two, Michelle. Go to the next one and see if it's there. This might be a spoiler, Nope. All right. Spoiler alert. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to conclusions that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. I'm going to read this again. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to conclusions that God, that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. I think we can all admit that in one way or another, the last several months have been very trying. There's been a lot of pressures There's been a lot of uneasiness. Fear has tried to come in and grip our hearts. We can say that in the last several months, things have been difficult. But don't jump to conclusions and think that God isn't here and God isn't in this because Christ experienced difficulties too. And so what God is doing right now in the church, I see it so clearly. He's refining us. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong, I did not say that God brought COVID-19 so he could refine us. But what the enemy has brought against us, God's saying, no, 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 I'm gonna use this to usher in revival, amen? (laughs) Praise God, I'm gonna use this to bring about my purposes and my plans. If we come out of COVID-19 and we're the same, then the enemy won, but I'm not gonna let the enemy win, amen? Praise God because I'm dreaming again, because I'm focused on what God has for us in the future, because God's plans and God's purposes have not gone away just because I can't go to a restaurant today after church. God's plans and purposes have not gone away just because we have to be at 50% capacity and can't give hugs, right? God's plans and purposes are still here today. And he's refining us for the push. Amen? I'm going to tell a story. Out of Judges chapter 6, this is the story of Gideon. And as I was studying, and, and I can tell you this, that, excuse me, God began to open up some stuff uh, to me that's for a later date. As I was studying, it just kept growing and growing, and, and, uh, and I knew that it wasn't for this time. Um, So we're going to bring that at a later date But in Judges chapter 6 This is the story of Gideon Verse 11 it says Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak tree Now there's so much symbolism here in the first um, Two or three verses of this story First one verse of this story Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak tree. Now, an oak tree is is symbolic of something that is strong, as something that's substantial. Whenever you hear stories, you hear stories about the old oak tree that was on my grandpa's land that had been there forever, and we hung a tire swing from it or whatever, right? Under the big oak tree. Well, you hear this and I don't believe, again, that there's any wasted words in the Bible. So it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak tree, strong and substantial, which was in Ophrah, not to be confused with Oprah, but Ophrah, right? It's not like you get an oak tree, and you get an oak tree, and you get an oak tree. This was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash. Now, the word Joash, this was Joash's tree. We're still talking about the tree. Isn't that crazy? There's like three lines in the Bible we're talking about an oak tree. This oak tree, it belonged to Joash. Now, Joash means this, Jehovah, meaning God. Jehovah God is the God of fire. I want you to remember that. Jehovah God is the God of fire. Now, this oak tree belonged to Joash, who was an Abizarite. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you don't either. And so if somebody says it different, you're like, no, Pastor Jason said it this way, all right? Now that we're established, it says the Abizarite. The abyssalite, that word, it means those who come to help. Now, all this is very important. I'm going to bring it together for you. This is an oak tree that is strong and substantial. This oak tree was in Ophrah, and it belonged to Joash, which means the god of fire, or the god that brings fire. And Joash belonged to the Abyssalites, or those who have come to help. Now, in the very first verse, the first half of the first verse of the whole story of Gideon, God establishes who Gideon is. We can see this in our own life because God has established who you are. Even before you were formed, God established who you are. Now, we go through life and sometimes we lose focus on who we are. But the thing about it is, God has already established who we are. That's why I say that your job in life is not to find yourself. It's for you to tap into who God already said you are. I don't need to go find myself. I need to look into the law of freedom that gives me direction for my life. And it tells me who I am, who God has made me to be. Who was Gideon? Gideon's family name is the God who brings fire is here to help the god who brings fire is here to help i would argue this that gideon's family was one of the strongest families that there is that there was in that day gideon's family was called and anointed of god to reach out and to help people that are around them. And let me go a step further. I believe this is saying that Gideon's family was called and anointed of God to free captives because the God of fire is here to help. And we got an oak tree that's symbolic of our entire family. Why would God say that? He could say, you know what? the angel of the Lord came and sat on a rock. But he didn't. He could have said, the angel of the Lord came and sat on the edge of the porch at Gideon's house. But he didn't. He said, the angel of the Lord came and he sat under this oak tree, which was symbolic of the family that the angel was visiting. Now, why did the angel even go there? He went because Gideon... Was threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, a wine press is a deep concrete vault. It's not the place that you would normally thresh wheat. But that's where he was doing it because of this, in order to hide from the Midianites. Now, the word Midianites. It means those who bring conflict and judgment. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody that you would say that I've experienced in my life, people bringing conflict and judgment against me? Can you say that? Can we testify to that today and say, yes, I've been there. Well, I don't want that to be the end of your testimony, so we're going to go on, okay? Gideon was threshing wheat behind the wine press to hide from those who are bringing conflict and judgment. I'll also say this, that a lot of times we abandon our dreams because of those who bring conflict and judgment. A lot of times we don't carry out what God has called us to do because there's people bringing conflict and judgment against us. And they begin to wear us down and they begin to beat us down. This says that the Midianites, conflict and judgment, had oppressed God's people for seven years can you imagine having a dream in your heart and for seven years there was nothing but judgment against you and conflict against you and you can't do this and you'll never accomplish this and because of your past you can't even expect to step up to where God called you to be and every time you try to do something the enemy's right there whispering in your ear don't you think you're a a hypocrite standing in here in church raising your hands like you're all Jesus or something but you know what you've done in your past over and over and over and over again my first point today is it's time can you believe this is point one like 75 minutes in it's point one it's time to stop letting those who bring conflict and judgment have a greater influence than our God if we're gonna dream again We've got to stop letting those who bring conflict and judgment have a greater influence than God has on us. Now, verse 12. I love this so much. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I want you to remember Gideon's family name. The God of fire is the one that is here to help his family name. That's inscribed. His family was strong. His family was substantial. In fact, maybe the strongest family in all of the land. Yet, he had been beaten down so much that he had abandoned his purpose and abandoned his dreams and he was relegated to threshing wheat behind a wine press. And the angel of the Lord came and did not call him by his circumstance. The angel of the Lord came and called him by how God sees him. God will always call you by the name that he has given you, not by the name you've given yourself. He will always call you by the name that he has given you. So Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is really with us, then why is this happening to us? And where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? but now the Lord has forsaken us and he's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon had an identity problem. He had begun to allow his situation to determine his purpose rather than what God said. So my second point is this, it's time to stop allowing our current situation to form your view of what God's purpose is for your life. Maybe you're in the middle of COVID-19 And you feel like anything you want to do is just shut down and you've bought in to this whole idea that everything's got to be canceled. But your dreams are not canceled. Say it with me. My dreams are not canceled. canceled. Say it like you mean it this time. My dreams are not canceled. canceled. I'm going to have to say it again because last time you were like way louder than you are this time. So say it again. My dreams are not canceled. It's time. It's time that we stop allowing our current situation to form our view of what God's purpose is for our life. So the Lord turned to him and he said, go in this might of yours. I love this because Gideon says, oh, well the Lord is here. Well, let's just air it all out then. Where are those miracles? You say you're with us, but we're being beaten down every single day. I gotta stay in my house. I tried to go eat tacos, they told me I couldn't go inside, and that the patio was full. Then I went home, I tried to watch sports on TV, all of them were canceled. I'm trying to do all this stuff, and I'm afraid that when I go to the store, I'm going to touch that gallon of milk, but the last person that touched it may have had COVID-19, and now I don't know what I'm going to do, so I got to go home, I got to wipe down my milk. I don't even know if I'm going to have toilet paper tomorrow. right? Did you see, uh, Tiffany posted this video, this little girl the other day that was just crying, everything is canceled. I should have showed that video this morning. But we kinda feel that way, right? Have you felt that way? But your dreams aren't canceled. But the purposes that God has put in your heart are not canceled. Gideon goes and he whines to God, so then God says, Okay, go in this might that you have. (laughs) Okay. See, God called him a mighty man of valor. So go in that might, that might that you have. Go in this might you have, and you will save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Mm. Really? Have I not sent you? Come on. I've called you. You have a calling on your life. You have been given a purpose, and right now, you're over there hiding. You're not accomplishing your purpose, but haven't I called you? So take that might that you have, and I want you to go out, and I want you to begin to do what I've called you to do. Let's bring up this one. I already said it. It's time that you stop calling yourself by the name that we've given ourselves, and start calling ourselves by the name given to us by God. It's time we stop calling ourselves by the name that our circumstances have dictated for us that society has told us that we are and it's time we start calling ourselves the name that God gave us amen praise God and then he said to him verse 17 Gideon says if now I have found favor in your sight then show me a sign that it is you who are talking to me. Do not depart from here, I pray you, until I come back and I bring my offering and I set it before you. And God said, I'll wait till you come back, or the angel said, I'll wait till you come back. And so Gideon went in and he prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from a ephah of flour and meat, and he put it in the basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought it out, and he put it under the oak tree, and he presented it to him. What Gideon is doing here is he's doing his best to show the angel that I've got it all together. I'm gonna bring you everything that you want and I'm gonna do a perfect job. So many times we think that we have to exhibit perfection to God. Oh, well, God's called us. I need to show God that I'm worthy. And so we try real hard and we clean ourselves up and we make sure that we're in church that day. And we don't normally say amen, but we say amen a lot that day. And I even tell the pastor when, I, when service is over, how good the service was. And then when I get back in my car, I turn it off that radio station I had it on, and I turn it on K-Love. And I make sure, I even go home and I post four Christian memes. And I opened up my Bible and I underlined some stuff and I took a picture of it. And I put it on my Instagram. Because I've got to show that I got it together, that I'm perfect. And so Gideon brought out the young goat and he had done all the stuff, right? He brings the unleavened bread. and he takes the meat and he puts it in a basket. Presentation is everything, right? And he puts broth in a pot and he brings them out and the angel says to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. So he did so. I love this right here. (laughs) Because anytime we see the word rock in the scripture, he's referring to the law. And isn't it amazing how when our perfection stacks up against the law it doesn't amount to a whole lot so Gideon's attempt at perfection the angel said I want you to take that I want you to, to put it up against the law okay you got this man that looks amazing so good put it up against the law so he put it on the rock and the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand, and he touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose up out of the rock, and it consumed the meat. It consumed the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed from his sight. What is that telling us? It's time. Let's throw this up here. It's time to stop looking at our attempt at perfection as our guide and start looking to his perfection as our identity. As long as you're trying to be perfect, you're always gonna fall short. Until you're consumed by God and His grace washes over you and you understand that today I walk and I stand in the grace of my God that my attempt at perfection will always fall short. But when I'm consumed by the one who is perfect, then I begin to walk in the identity that God has made for me. No longer am I hung up on the fact that I have to try and be perfect because I can't be. See, Gideon, he was hung up on the fact that he had to be perfect. And God was showing him that you can't be perfect, but I'm perfect. And so my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And my grace is enough for you. He's showing us Jesus right here in this picture. Somebody would say, why do you use the Old Testament so much? Because the Old Testament gives us a storybook that outlines the grace of our God that was brought to us in Jesus. All through the Old Testament, we see a picture painted for us of Jesus. Verse 23, and I'm going to close here. Now Gideon, Perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. And so Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. It's time that we recognize that the peace we've been searching for is found in our acknowledgement of his lordship. The peace we've been looking for Is found in our acknowledgement of his lordship. Gideon realized this is an angel of the Lord. And so the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear, you will not die. Guys, I've got about another four pages of notes on this. And so what I'm gonna do is starting tomorrow morning, um, I'm gonna have another part of this online. And then Tuesday, we'll, have, we'll finish it. Um, I knew that I couldn't get it all done today and I wasn't going to try and cram it in. But I want you to check those out. Because I believe this. That God has put dreams and passions and visions in your heart that we need right now. We need you right now. The church needs you. The world needs you. The world needs your gifts The world needs your passions, your talents, your abilities, the the dreams and the plans and the visions that God has birthed on the inside of you. The world needs them right now. One of my jobs as pastor is to help you carry out those dreams and visions. I believe that God has equipped us I had, I've had two people in the last two weeks come and talk to me about dreams and passions that they have in their hearts. Things that are just incredible. And so we start down the road and say, okay, well, you need to do this and you need to do this. And I, I firmly believe that one of the reasons why God has positioned me in some of the places that he's positioned me in is in order to help you carry out your dreams and your visions. I firmly believe that. Because it's very strategic and God doesn't waste things. And so if you have dreams and passions, not if, but let's say it this way, those dreams and passions and visions that you have in your heart, let's talk about them, not because I feel like I need to have any control or anything like that. You'll find that out real quick. The less I can control, the better. The better. But usually, for those of you who have come and talked to me about things, usually my answer is, well, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then come back and let's talk about it and see where you're at. And if you need some help, call me. If you get stuck, call me. That's my job, to equip the saints, you, for the work of the ministry. Standing up here and talking too much is a very small part. Of what God has called us to do as pastors come and let us help you carry out your dreams and your visions I don't want you to think anymore that you can't do it that it's too big I'm telling you one thing that somebody came and talked to me about last week it's big it's big but it's not too big because God planted the vision and those who he calls he equips amen He's going to put you in contact with the right people. He's going to bring provision. You need money, no big deal. No big deal. There's plenty of money. You need guidance. You need assistance. You need favor. Oh, man, it's your lucky day. If all you need is favor, man, that's that's the easiest one there is because Jesus died on the cross, and rose again, and when you accept him, the favor of God is on you. Isn't that awesome? That's the easiest one. The favor of God is on you. I walk in the favor of God. Hayden, you texted me last night, said, will you agree with us for favor? And standing in the middle of Albertsons, I almost texted all that to you, and then I was like, ah, just wait for another time. Yes, ma'am, I'm agreeing with you. But I'm here to tell you the favor of God is on you. And was it? Tell you. Telling you what? (sighs) Everything you need. Everything you need for your dream and your vision. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this awesome day that you made for us. God, I thank you that you're alive, that you live on the inside of us, that your plans and your purposes are active in me. So I thank you today. That you've chosen me. God, in spite of me, you chose me to carry out your call. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. With Everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed. No one looking around. Man, I'm telling you what. God is moving in our midst. The last two weeks... We had people accept Christ online and fill out the form that says, I chose Jesus today. Two weeks ago, I had a young man sit in my office who had been desiring God and didn't know what to do. I sat there with him and his parents, and he accepted Christ sitting in my office. God is moving. Maybe today's your day. Jesus gave everything for you and if you believe that that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and he rose again he's drawing you he's calling you the scripture tells us that if we confess with our mouth that he's Lord if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead then we'll be saved so today I'm going to ask you to do this If you've never said that prayer, I want you to do it. Whether you're watching online or sitting in a chair today, you may be in your car, you may be on a couch, you may be in a hospital bed. I don't think... It wasn't an accident that I said that. I believe there's somebody today that's watching us online. You're in a hospital bed. You're scared out of your mind. Jesus is drawing you today. In fact, he cares so much about you that he placed you on my heart right now. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. But he loves you. And he's provided a way for you. What I want you to do today, and I want anyone else who's watching today that would like to accept Jesus, is I want you to pray this prayer with me. And what I'm going to ask you to do is if you're watching or you're here in the room and maybe you would say, Pastor Jason, I'm already a Christian. I I want you to pray this prayer with our friends that maybe have not, including our friend that's right now in the hospital bed. We're all joining together because no one prays alone. We're family. Pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're God's son. I believe you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And today I ask you into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you in Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time and you meant it, the Bible says you're a child of God. Now I want to come back to now our family that's sick in their body and in the hospital. Because when you receive salvation just now, then you also received the price that Jesus paid for your sickness. So today I call you the healed of the Lord. I want you to open up your Bible. And I want you to begin to read about Jesus. I want you to read the book of John. Where Jesus begins to go throughout and begins to heal people. Just start at the beginning of the book where it talks about Jesus being the light. And that he came to us and he became flesh and he dwelt among us. And then it goes throughout the story of Jesus. When you read that and you believe it and get it in your heart, the Bible calls that our faith. We're building our faith. And those same things that you read in the Bible are available to you today. And I believe today that you are well because of the price that Jesus paid, amen? See that right there, that's available to all of us, not just to this one person that I believe God is speaking to supernaturally today. I have no idea who they are, where they are. I don't know about their story, but God does. And I believe that's available to every single one of us today. And so if you're here today or you're watching online and you're sick in your body, I wanna pray over you today. I want faith to rise up in you. Father God, I pray for those that are sick I pray for those that are battling illness today. I pray for the power of God to rise up within them, to know that they are the healed of the Lord. And we see manifestation of that because we know it's done in the spirit. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you paid so that we could be well and that your body was broken